nice to meet you. We're all glad you came. Won't you try and remember our name? Welcome to Blood, Sweat, and Teal, a Fear the Fin podcast. I'm C. I am Kyle once again. And this is going to be our mailbag special because we did our season preview a week early. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever. Not, nothing is going to change between last week's two preseason games and this week's two preseason games. Yeah, it's, I mean, the preseason is officially over as we're recording this, but like, we don't, we don't want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, just, my, my official stance on preseason is that it's stupid and doesn't matter. It's, so, like, it's like, whose line is it anyway? Shit's just all made up. I put that in the description box of last week's podcast, actually. It was a, it's the preseason, so everything's made up and the points don't matter. Exactly. I, like, I hate the thing where they're like, Eric Carlson's first point is a shark. Eric Carlson's first goal is a shark. No, it's not. <laughs> No, it's not. It won't be because I can guarantee you if he scores against the Ducks on Wednesday, they'll be like, Eric Carlson nets his first goal as a San Jose Shark. Right. They're not going to say two. <laughs> so we have a bunch of questions, so we're just going to get into it because, I mean, we, yeah. we know how we feel about the preseason. So uh, do Mail. you have one in particular you wanted to get to first? Uh, oh, yeah. We'll, we'll just, we'll just knock, we'll knock the silly ones out of the way. Uh, at Matt Ederer. Uh, sent me three questions uh, am i am i coming over for football before the podcast i replied yes i didn't go i bailed pretty hardcore <laughs> which is fine uh and then he said would five link gateses beat five street sharks i don't know if he's talking about hockey or in a fight but the street sharks are a tv show for everybody that doesn't know and they are sharks with giant muscly arms uh and they're also on rollerblades <laughs> so link gates like could barely skate as 90s, is right Oh yeah, super like late '90s, early 2000s. Like when, when I'm 29, when and you're a little bit younger than me. When we were kids, they were on. They were pretty sweet. I had the action figures actually. I had all of five. Of course you did. Uh, it was it was amazing. Um, but <laughs> shark, sharks on rollerblades with giant arms um, are definitely going to beat Link Gates because I don't think he can skate anyway. And then the follow up question was: Would Link Gates beat Link from Zelda in a fight? And there's two ways you got to come at this. One, if they're just like. In a fist fight, like a normal two people fist fight, Link Gates is going to beat the ever loving Christ out of Link because um, Link Gates is a man and Link is a child. Um, <laughs> so he's going to beat this poor child into a pulp. If Link can have all his cool Zelda stuff, like flutes and Majora's Mask and a sword and some bombs and stuff, then he's definitely destroying Link Gates. But yeah, that's those are those are the questions. Now let's get to the good stuff. <laughs> We've got some more silly ones, but we'll we'll kind of sprinkle those throughout. I think. So, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick this one. This is this is from the website. It was a comment on the post, so it's from uh, SB Nation user RD Grills with a Z. Uh, Sweet. He had, <laughs> he had three questions. Oh, nice. So the first one is, why do you guys hate Chris Tierney? <laughs> do you want to go, or do you want me to go? Well, here's like as soon as I read this question, I just got very very defensive <laughs> immediately because who like. When Who among you, us? When you're talking about Chris Tierney, there are, like, the two camps of, like, people who are weirdly defensive about him, and then people who are, like, very realistic about him, and I don't think that there are people who hate Chris Tierney. Like, that's not no. a thing that we do, and, uh, like, 
we are very realistic about Chris Tierney. Like, I don't think me saying that Chris Tierney scores just barely above the rate of a fourth liner is me being negative about Chris Tierney. That's me saying what he does. Like, that's... Yeah, it's stating a fact. Right, the numbers are there. <laughs> that's what it is. And, and there are people who, like... Like, I just don't understand that they think that, like, Chris Tierney is a much better player than he actually is. And, and acknowledging... I mean, I mean, Chris Tierney got traded for Eric Carlson, so uh, put that feather in his cap. <laughs> <laughs> God. Like, I don't know, man, because every time... To, and every time we talk about Chris Tierney on this podcast, we, like, throw in a bunch of, like compliments to Chris Tierney as like oh, a, yeah. <laughs> like a padding for anything that we're going to say because we acknowledge that he has been a useful player he's been a a player that uh that the Sharks developed and he's he's continued to develop even though you know players as they age tend to get worse <laughs> so you know, good thing are, he started at like 18 and a half or something like that so he's still only like 23 <laughs> right like there are good things about Chris Tierney, and just because we're like, yeah, realistically, he's not going to play in your top six and do well, doesn't mean that, like, we hate Chris Tierney. It is the weirdest question to me. I don't understand it. I, I don't get yeah, it. Yeah, I don't know. We don't hate Chris Tierney. It's the same thing as, like, Paul Martin last year. They're yeah. both very, very good guys, like, off the ice, great people, humans. I'm sure they're awesome to have a beer with, hang out with, but we're talking, like, on the ice. We're just kind of stating what they do and... I guess people take it as that we don't like that player, but that is not true. I like Chris Tierney. He's great. Chris Tierney is also playing <clears throat> on power play one for the Ottawa Senators. So <laughs> get yourself a glow up in 2018. Oh, That's Chris Tierney. It looks like a mess. <laughs> oh, it's going to be awful. The two, uh, two fifths of the power play in Ottawa is Chris Tierney and Mikel Bodker. Yeah. That's power play one. <laughs> and granted. Okay. So it's a very, very small sample size. And it's he was like, actually good on the power play. Well, no, no, no. I'm not talking about that. Uh, oh. I'm but looking at the Sharks' preseason. Like, you can't tell me that Sumela is not going to Sumela, however you say it, that he's not going to be a better third third line center than Chris Tierney was. Like, I just yeah. He's it, good. He's it, just, be- it, it is what it is. <laughs> it it is what it is, and you need guys like that on your third line and stuff like that. But when they can return you a Carlson, you kind of say goodbye. Yep, exactly. Okay, so his second question is, when Markley makes the jump to the NHL in... Uh, Did you say Markley? No, I said Markley. Oh, weird. Markley, or, Ryan Markley. <laughs> Ryan Markley uh, <laughs> makes the jump to the NHL in 2019-20 uh, to 20 season. What forward line does Burns play on? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Brent Burns plays forward anyway. So, hold on. I'm going to actually combine this because uh, there was another question that was, is Ryan Merkley ever coming back? So, I don't think, I mean, this is saying, like, next season that Ryan Merkley is going to make it. I, I don't think so. I think he gets one more year. I don't know, though. It, here's the thing. It depends on if there's still both, and I, I'm going to say both, both Tim Heed and Justin Braun on the roster by next season. If one of them still is, then they've got Radam Simek, and I think they would rather at that point just let Ryan Merkley get one more year of juniors in. Yeah, I think I think it kind of depends too on how well Merkley does this year. Like, what if he just burns the entire OHL to the ground? Do you really That's want true. him doing that again? I it, there's so the thing is that there's so many variables. I yeah. I tend to agree with you on like first blush. 
he's probably going back. I, I don't really see him making it just because that would be a big jump. But there's like four or five variables where he's on the team next year and everybody's happy. True. So, so which forward line does Burns play on? <laughs> Uh, one uh, one, uh, <laughs> duh. I think. I mean, last year they moved him to forward for a hot second, and that one game where everybody was injured. Yeah, and uh, it didn't go great. But I think that was also he was not playing with like the Sharks' best line up either. No, so, no. <laughs> when he so, when he played forward last time, he played with Joe Thornton and Joe Pavelski, and they tore it up. <laughs> yeah, but I don't I don't know about moving Burns to forward at this point. He, I mean, he won't. He won't. Yeah, this, it's it, it's it is what it is. Uh, I think last year Pete DeBoer said a lot about that, where he's like he's established himself as a defenseman after that one game where he sucked at forward. So. Yeah, the best the best part about Brent Burns at forward last year was when they put on the lineup card hockey player instead of his <laughs> position. <laughs> yeah, that was really funny. <laughs> Uh, it was good. It all right. was good. Third question: Has Carlson already won Movember? <laughs> well, I don't. As a person who has facial hair, weak facial hair, but still there, I don't know if you can count his hair, his his beard as Movember because it's Movember. It's not Beardvember. I well, think he, he has, has to go right mustache. down. He does have a mustache, and my girlfriend said he does look like a pirate because yeah. it kind of twirls at the end. Yeah, he is a pirate um, naturally. Like hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. So he does have a great mustache. I would love to see him shave the bottom of the of the goatee off and just oh, rock the rock like the super boogie nights his, mustache. His goatee is too long and it's too wide for the shape of his face, and it drives me insane. It, 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 oh, hmm. He he needs to go to a barber. Like, but for real. he's on the San Jose Sharks now. The chance of him going to a barber is like <laughs> that's, true. that's true. You're you're either fully clean shaven or you're letting that baby grow. Yeah, but of the sharks, realistically, who among them can grow a good mustache? Who among us can grow a good mustache? That's true. Uh, Joe, Joe Pavelski, Pavelski would have a hilarious yeah. ginger, like I, I almost like you know in um. Uh, super Troopers. There's Mac. He's got red hair. He has a mustache. That's what it would look like. Like the perfect yeah, Ned like, Flanders push broom. Yeah, his facial hair is very full and very yes. like thick. So like he could have a good mustache. They got rid of Dylan DeMello who had like could actually grow a mustache. Uh, Don Scoy. So- Oh, well, yeah. Remember he rocked the circle beard. That's the true. circle beard is just a mustache true, with a true, with a true. bottom. Yeah. I feel. I feel like. Sure. I, f- I feel like Don Scoy would go with like handlebars. <laughs> or so, or something Stop. like super outrageous. Uh, oh, that's awful. I don't even want to think and about it. Okay. We're also forgetting that Pete DeBoer also rocks the circle beard. Yeah, he, but he, he can shave it, that like, bad boy down. down, doesn't he? He like keeps it real like tight. Oh, it's so... it's a circle. It's a tight circle. Yeah, like I he don't... used the compass on that bad boy. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. I don't know about his mustache. What it would look like if I would approve. But there really there aren't a lot of sharks that could uh, could it grow a good mustache. I would say Pabs would be the best one if anyone yeah, on the sharks is grown. And one. we're not counting Thornton and Burns because, well, no. Well, <laughs> look at those things. Act, like the like upper lip, it's not that full, like as as much as like. Yeah, know, they go for length, not girth. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we're moving on. This is also from the site. This is the Avenging Narwhal. Who asked? Sweet. I bet from, you that person goes on Reddit a lot. 
Stop it. Uh, from what we've seen of the Joes this preseason, barring any changes during the Sharks versus Knights final preseason bout, that was tonight, should they still be together and on the first line? Uh, working through this backwards, first line is only a construct that we have developed over time. True, 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 true. <laughs> the first line actually comprises Logan Couture and Tomas Hurdle and whichever winger of the month is on their side. Um, yeah, we kind of touched on it last week where they're, they're a first name, their first line and name only kind of deal. Like, yeah, they get put out there first because Joe Thornton is a Hall of Famer. Um, he's not not being on the first line, but like, Kind of just move them around. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if we're going to call them a one. I don't think anybody really sees them as the one line, unless right. you live like in well, Boston and never pay attention. And we have a, a related question, I think, to that, which is, hold on, I got to find out on the Twitter. It's at Jesse May on Twitter asked, "What the hell should this team do with Kane? Because frankly, I don't think he's playing like top line material. Because that was the plan, right? That was it was." Yeah. Kane, Thornton, Pavelski. And I don't think breaking up Thornton and Pavelski is necessarily the solution. I think that they have right. established chemistry and that the breaking it up just seems like something you would do as a last-ditch effort to try and spark something. But it's it's who else is going to be on Thornton's wing, right? That's That's been the issue more than anything. So I liked Timo. Timo played up there the last two nights. Well, he was... In the, not two nights, but the last two games. He was moved up in the middle of the game against Calgary. And then he he played there. He started and ended the game there tonight. And I like that. <laughs> I think Timo on that line is very good. Uh, I mean, I, don't, I didn't look at any numbers, to be honest. So this is all just going off eye test. But I liked that. In terms of what to do with Kane, he threw a fit in that Calgary game. And like... Here's, this is setting everything that I feel about Evander Kane aside, and I hate having to say that because anytime I talk about Kane's hockey, people assume that, like, I'm letting other things influence it, but when he got demoted to, it was the third line, wasn't it, I think, because he got... It was with, it was with, um, the, the Finnish, the Finnish yeah, flash so, there, the Finnish duo. Yeah, so the third line, he started playing like an absolute asshole, like, he just... There was no real regard for what he was doing. He was just trying to throw pucks at the net and trying to, like, get in fights with people. <laughs> like, he was just throwing himself around and, like, throwing a tantrum on the ice, really. Like, that's what it was. It was super, like, unprofessional to watch. Like, you just... It was uncomfortable and, like... <sighs> I don't know. If he's not going to be on the top line, if he's going to keep throwing a fit like that, I, I don't want that, that at all, but... I don't know what else to do with him. I I feel like he'll be, he'll be fine. Yeah. Um, I mean, moving they'll, they'll, him down the depth him. chart obviously that gives us depth. But yeah, uh, you can put a seven million dollar left winger on the third line, <laughs> and we're and both of us just sat here and went, yeah, that's fine. Like, yeah. you mean he fits there? Blah blah. blah. Like, they have crazy flexibility in their top nine. Yeah, uh, I do think that Joe Thornton needs less responsibility, but at the same time, if he's gonna bounce back and you know just be an assist machine then who cares <laughs> yeah and he's still he's <laughs> yeah basically 
Just he still him. drives play too, so yeah. like whatever. He let him be fine. And I, I'm a big subscriber. You said don't break up uh, the Joes, and I agree. I, I'm a big subscriber to the pairs theory, where you don't necessarily build a line. You build, you find pairs. Yeah. So the Sharks have actually done a really good job of this by accident. I think they have <laughs> Thor. They have Joe and Joe, and then they have um, Katurtle. Mm-hmm. Um, with Tomash and Logan and right now together, the and then they have the Finnish peoples. Yeah. yeah, so that that that's a happy accident. And then the fourth line, you can do whatever you want with. I don't really care. Right. Um, well, I mean, I think that Gaudreau and Sorensen work really well on the fourth line together. Like, yeah, in and general. most of those guys. Yeah, and and the fourth line is a little bit easier to blend into because a lot of time it's going to be weird minutes, and you're getting pucks deep and chipping it around and anything extra you do is going to be awesome so yeah um they're not relying on as much but i I like the pairs theory and then finding wingers for them so if you want to shuffle meyer lebanc and kane around to see who fits best i'm fine with it and yeah i mean he threw a huge hissy fit we uh, it could be against calgary it could be because calgary was being dinks i'm not sure probably just did it because he was mad whatever we'll see like like we said at the top it's preseason Uh, hopefully he doesn't do that again right like if you do that in the real season it's kind of annoying yeah well and then he started taking penalties and stuff too and it's like dude like like come on (laughs) like now you're just like hurting the team because you're doing that yeah 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 so we'll see what happens but like i don't mind him on the third line with uh donsko and suamello because they're kind of quick and he's for how physical he plays he's also very quick so um yeah the only slow people are really thornton and pavelski right and and having them be the slow line the real <laughs> second line sure <laughs> like who cares like whatever, whatever, <laughs> they're yeah, slow like... no they are uh sure. so another kind of related question to that this is oh my gosh why did i think i could say this name Olegsenkov, Kov, on the <laughs> sorry to whoever's username I just butchered, uh, on on the website asked with the top nine settled, what's your ideal Sharks fourth line out of Gaudreau, Chartier, Gambrell, Carlson, Sorensen, Rattle, etc. And does it really matter? Yeah. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> like it doesn't. <laughs> I think ideal is either I like I I really like you, Gaudreau. Say your ideal. Here's the thing, I really like Gaudreau uh centering that line. And he did tonight and I think it was fine. So I would say Gaudreau, Sorensen and uh, I hate Carlson on that line, so <laughs> Carlson in the press box and whoever is the opposite hand of Sorensen, I it, that doesn't really matter to me throw him on the other side maybe not gambrell i I think gambrell needs to be in the a for a while so that's yeah yeah i i like i think Sorensen should just be on the team i think he should be elevated above above the questions of who's going to sit out the fourth line right um he was really good the playoffs you got to give that guy 20 games to see what he's doing um but i think he's good anyway uh i really like shark j i think he's acquitted himself quite well um and then i like barkley goodrow i think he he can work but like these guys are going to have a shorter leash anyway i i think melka carlson's uh past his use by date just probably trade that guy and maybe keep luca luca's rattle up um i like rattle rattle was good rattle made the team basically I, nobody expected him to make the team and he did that's true for me i'd rather see rattle get some time in with the cuda right now and and see what he can do later in the season 
I think Gam- yeah, that works. Too. I think Gambrell needs to. Uh, well, let's do this. I, of those, I mean, th- who's eligible for the Cuda right now? I think Sorensen still is, Radil and Gambrell and Chartier. So of those, I mean, we're gonna pick Chartier and Sorensen, right? Like that would be yeah, yeah. Uh, those are the two I would put there, and then maybe Rattle if you want. I think Gambrell d- 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 needs to go to the AHL. Yeah, um, he's he's kind of lost his spot. Uh, where he was, he wasn't very good in the preseason. So, I just, I just, it. Again, the second part of the question was, does it really matter? No, we're we're fudging around the air margin. What are we doing? We're working around the margins. <laughs> yeah. What is that saying? <laughs> we're moving the margins around. So, like, if you can get some decent production out of your fourth line, that's awesome. But really, the cutoff for like impact stops at the third line, and then the fourth line is there to just not screw up. So if you're if the fourth line is getting caved in every night, yeah, that's one thing, that's an issue. But like if you're just out there holding the fort, that's that's perfectly fine. And I, I really like Sorensen. I think he's going to be good all year. Um, and then just like kind of work in the other guys, see see who's there, see what's happening. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, it just really doesn't matter, <laughs> right? Yeah, um, and I think you made a good point. Goodrow at center has been good. Yeah, uh, he has. Pete doesn't like it because Pete, I don't know what goes on in his brain. But he gets moved away from there, so maybe he's going to be back at center. Uh, DeBoer also likes Melker Carlson a lot, uh, so I don't think we're going to see Melker press boxed to start the season. No. Does that make sense? Yeah, I got you, yeah. Although he was injured. See, that's the thing, is that he, he was dealing with an injury during camp. So Yeah, and he's played the last two games, right? So I think that kind of... In my mind, it kind of leads me to believe that he's going to be on the fourth yeah. line to start the season, um, yeah. just because he did get in in the full full team games and stuff like that. So, whatever the the Chartier and Gambrell and Rattle, they're young. Whatever they yeah. can fight it out. Their their time's going to come. There's always injuries. There's always times when people got to sit out. So exactly, um, not super concerned about the fourth line as of yet. I mean, the season hasn't even started yet, so. <laughs> Uh, this is from at the Illuminato on Twitter, and it says, <laughs> "Seems the Sharks are still wrestling with some pretty fundamental line makeup decisions. How long should they take before they let the lines play, rather than shuffling them around every other shift?" So that's what the preseason's for, right? I mean, they didn't do, yeah. but they didn't do that <laughs> at all during the preseason. They pretty much had their their lines set at, since they started working full like veteran lines into the preseason lineups it's been pretty much what we expected i am not a fan and i've talked about this before how i there was a time where i was watching every single sharks wild and dallas stars game and the dallas stars under lindy ruff did this a lot where they were just changing lines like on the fly in the middle of games all of a sudden the lines that are out there are completely different and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And I'm not a fan of it. I don't, I like, this goes back to the whole Paris thing, right? When you have established chemistry with somebody and you know what works, sometimes you just need to shift around one or two guys. And I think this team's in a really good position to do that. I think, you know, let the first couple games see how it goes once they start actually taking things seriously <laughs> as opposed to the preseason. And, you know, if, you know, the first couple of games don't work out, then then you got to look at something else. Yeah, and yeah, you would have hated Todd McClellan. He was Captain Billy Mays with the line blender. <laughs> um, 
friggin' three seconds into the game, he's like, ah, I didn't like the way you tied your skates, line blender. But um, I don't really like the line blender either. I think it only should be done in certain situations. Like, end of game, if you need a goal, obviously stack your lines and stuff like that. But And you also said, like, going back to the pairs as well. The pairs thing kind of sets how your lines are going to be, and we saw the one switch. But also, I have to remember that they're integrating Suomela on the third line. Mm-hmm. And then they're still kind of integrating Kane. Like, we all forget Kane only played, what was it, like 14 regular season games and then four, 10 playoff games. So he's, like, still got under 30 games played with the Sharks. So he's still, as much as he was good, he's still integrating. Then the fourth line's still kind of in battles. And then they're obviously integrating Eric Carlson into the lineup. So I think when we see the lines change and we see how the lines are working, I think it's just because they know it's the preseason and they also know that they're integrating some humans. Yeah. Into the into, into the lineup, right. so I don't think Pete's going to overreact right at the beginning. Uh, I think he's going to. If you're young, maybe like if you're Joachim, well, not even Joachim Ryan. If you're Marcus Sorensen, <laughs> uh, Goodrow, like those kind of guys, you might you might get jerked around a little bit. But I don't like the top line. I don't like the top three lines. I don't think are going to be blended around too much. Maybe I think Meyer and Kane and LeBanc are the three that are going to move. And Mm -hmm. I mean, those guys can play with everybody. We all three have played with the Joe's line. Yeah. Uh, Meyer and LeBanc played with Katurtle. I don't think Kane has really played there that much, but we, we we see it all the time. And I mean, it'll be fine. I'm not too worried about the lines. good, Good point there about Kane in particular. He hasn't played with Joe Thornton. Like that's, also that that's a huge thing (laughs) like they're bringing joe back into the fold and they gotta figure out how that's gonna work with all these new team members because they lost a lot of people in the off season so i think i don't think that i'm too worried about it ask me uh after the first 10 games and then maybe we'll see how worried i am about it but (laughs) right now i'm not yeah i'm i'm not super concerned (laughs) this is from at sc stevens 10 on twitter if we eventually do make a trade for a 3C, who might we acquire? What kind of assets might we move to make it happen? So getting a 3C, I think at that point then, like eliminates most of our fourth line. <laughs> because, right, yeah. you've got to move Sumela down and then Don's going down with him. That's the only thing that makes sense. You'd probably put throw Sorensen on that line or something and... And then see what happens with the the four C, or I mean, you'll keep them as your your three, your third line or whatever. But have <laughs> have a third line center as your fourth line center, which would be dope. But uh, I really like the idea of getting Eric Stahl. That's yeah. that's like my favorite right now <laughs> because in terms of rentals, not not a bad option. He's he's a little older, obviously, but. He's still very. He's been very, very effective for Minnesota. So I think you and know. And they're gonna suck. So yeah. So I think I think it'd be possible to get Eric Stahl. I think it would be possible to sell Tim Heed or Justin Braun. God, Justin Braun's a Minnesota boy, dude. You think like the Wild are just gonna take him? Yeah, pretty sure that's gonna happen. <laughs> I, I think they would trade Brendan Dillon first before Justin Braun. I don't know, but. Minnesota would ask for Justin Braun. I mean, they signed Matt Cullen, who was like a, basically a corpse at that point, uh, just because he's from Minnesota. So, so give him Justin Braun. I don't care. <laughs> like, take him. Uh, I, I think that's my my number one target. I also like Nick Shore. Was still is he has he anything happened with him? Like, he was no. still unsigned. Like that is absolutely wild to me. 
I, yeah, I liked that as a 4C option. But uh, I think it's hard to say. It's hard to know right now who's going to be a seller at the trade deadline. Yeah, and I mean, we need to wait and see how Suomela does. Because if, if Suomela is very capable as a 3C, then you don't need to spend like a prospect or a, a good pick and a player for a 3C. You can... You can trade Melker Carlson and, I don't know, something junk, like a 7th for like a 4C rental or whatever. So it kind of all depends on what Suomela does and then what they're willing to give up. Because I can tell you one thing, Tim He doesn't want to sit in the press box anymore. Yeah. And I don't think Brendan Dillon or Justin Braun want to... Well, I don't think Justin Braun will anyway. Justin Braun's been on this team a long time and was good for a long time on this team. Plus, there is going to come a time where Carlson ship. The defense is going to shift a little bit due to injuries or just mm-hmm. trying out new tactics. And Justin Braun is going to be back with Mark Edward Vlasic at least for a couple of games this season. So that's a nice little blanket to have. I, I just don't see them doing Justin Braun like that. I think they, they – I mean, Doug Wilson is a cold, cold man. So I'm sure he would <laughs> trade him away. But I, I, I just like – one of them, one of the, the one of the defensemen has to give, and I think it'll be Tim Heed just because he's twenty seven, but is kind of valuable. Um, so we'll see. Maybe maybe Tim Heed fetches you like a Marcus Kruger, which is like a fourth line shutdown kind of guy. Um, I don't know. It's it's kind of early to see, and we haven't even seen the Sharks play yet. Who? May, what if Sharchay or Goodrow or whatever, it, and that fourth line just clicks and is burning, and they they have a twenty goal score on the fourth line or a fifteen goal score on the fourth line? So. It's kind of I don't I don't want to put the damper on the teams yet. It asked me again in fifteen games. We've got a couple of questions actually. There's one from at Brownageddon and on Twitter, and then someone on the site. Hold on, let me scroll here from at at Baud. Uh, but both about trading for D. So I'm not going to read them. But basically, I, I mean, are we pretty much in agreement that like? Tim Heed is probably the one. Like, I mean, we want Tim Heed out there, but Tim Heed, I think, has, has the, the most best, value. Best trade value. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, if you're looking at it, because the other thing, too, we have Simic, who is not waivers eligible. So there's a chance that they don't send him down. And then. Yeah, I think, I think they carry 8D to start, mm-hmm. especially because they start Wednesday. They have a weird schedule. Wednesday, they're at home against the Ducks. And then they immediately fly to Philadelphia. And they've got a or five, some, five somewhere game, else. Five game road trip. Yeah, I, it's I like Philly the, and the, the Rangers and first. Islanders. Islanders first, then Philly. Yeah. Then uh, like Rangers and Devils or something like that. Some weird East Coast yeah. road trip. Um, so I think they're going to carry eight to see what happens. And I think at the, going back to the line blender question and, and the lines not being settled, I think we might see a couple guys sneak in here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, to the lineup to see what's going on. And then I, I bet you in short order, either Simic or Heat is waived or traded. But if you listen to the 31 Thoughts podcast with Elliot Friedman and Jeff Merrick, Friedman puts out there that Tim Heed has the most value and Doug Wilson knows it and he doesn't want to waive him because teams are waiting right now to just claim him for free. So mm-hmm. there's kind of a, there's kind of like a, a standoff going on where teams aren't going to trade for him because they're, kind of want the one shoe to drop first if they wave him and they can get him for free so i it looks like tim heat is probably on his way out just by virtue of circumstance which kind of sucks but i and i'm i've actually been writing something about this and i just haven't gotten around to actually finishing it but on the calgary flames broadcast two 
three games ago, whenever it was that they were playing in Calgary, the broadcasters in Calgary said that people were calling on Tim Heed. So... For sure. Like, anybody who needs a power play boost is going to yeah, call for Tim Heed. I, well, and he's he's still young. He He's an offensive He's 27. Defenseman. I mean, that's young. Uh, Eric Carlson's, what, 28? So, it's I mean, young like, adjacent. <laughs> like, it's still relatively young and it's young that he hasn't played a lot of games yet well, so he's still got too. yeah <laughs> he but, hasn't put a lot of kilometers on his legs so yeah i a kilometer is a mile a canadian mile that's that's not the same <laughs> um <laughs> so you know if teams are asking about heed i think that 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 shows that he's gonna have the best trade value and For sure. as much as i would like to see braun or dylan or I mean, even if someone's going to give us a good return on Simic, then sure. Yeah, but, go for it. You know, I would re- I would hate to lose Tim Heath. Like, that's the thing. And it sucks because it's like, if Doug Wilson's holding on to him, because obviously he doesn't want to lose him for nothing, but it won't play him, like... Well, like, what are we he doing? gives Pete... He, give, he, give, he gives he gives paint, uh, Pete the canvas and the, and the paint... And then Pete paints his own little happy yeah. little bushes. Yeah, I don't know. Tim Heat did something to piss off Pete DeBoer, so whatever. Let's... Yeah, whatever. It, it's it's kind of nice that the seventh D is fairly competent because it's a good deep decor. But I think Tim Heat. I don't think Tim Heat's a shark unless something unless there's an injury or something else happens. Yeah, this is from at Blood Fury underscore ninety six. Jesus, do you think uh, there was ninety five other Blood Furies? <laughs> How many numbers did you go through there, Paul? Paul Kaiser asks, "What type of point range should we expect Carlson to reach with a fully healthy season in San Jose?" So that's kind of interesting. Yeah, I have his stats pulled up, but for some reason, it's just taking ten years to load. There we go. Okay, so he was injured last year, played in 71 games, and... Injured. Yeah, he was injured last year, right? I know, it was just funny, because he still ended up playing in 71 games, which is hilarious. Yeah, I know, which is crazy. And I think he missed some games at the the very end of the season after his wife miscarried as well. But he he got 62 points in 71 games. Now go backwards in the next five years. (laughs) So the year before that, and this is the year that they got to the conference final, 77 games and 71 points. The year before that, he was a point a game. The year before that, it was 66 points in 82 games. The year before that, it was 74 points in 82 games. And we're not going to go any further than that because he was... Well, if you skip over the year where he... Tore, where Matt Cook stepped on him and tore his Achilles, but you go to 2011-2012 in his third year, he had 78 points in 81 games. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, He's been pretty consistently around the 70-ish yeah. range. Well, and he's only a couple seasons removed from 82 points in 82 games. Uh, yes, which is outrageous. Yeah, and that's not even the year he won the Norris. Well, he won the Norris in 15 and 13, uh, 15 and 12. Yeah, so that was the year after he won the Norris. And he won the Norris with 66 points in 82 games. Like, And then he went on to do 80, 82 points, which is just insane. So with a fully healthy Carlson in San Jose, I, I don't it's, think 70 points is out of... Out no. Of, you know, uh, if he plays the full season, I, I, obviously I think it's going to be more than that. Yeah, there, there's also the worry, though, that they cannibalize each other. Yeah. Um, like Burns and him, yeah. where 
they're both on the power play. They they take up a little bit more power play time from each other, and they kind of drop down to about sixty points each. I don't think so. I think they both settle in around seventy. I think I th- I honestly think one of them gets to a, a comfortable seventy five, and the other is like at seventy ish, maybe sixty eight. Well, um, I'm would be my guess. Brent Burns' stats right now, but I do feel like. Carlson, when he's healthy, tends to score more goals than Brent Burns does. Oh, yeah, maybe, maybe not. Carlson had back-to-back twenty-goal seasons. Yeah, it's really just been like last year where Brent Burns only scored twelve goals. So I don't know. Since he's, I don't know. I guess I think they the can same. both safely get to sixty. Yeah, that's a lot of points from your defense. Yeah, that's nuts, dude. <laughs> uh, yes. At the same time, I mean, Carlson wasn't getting a lot of power play points, right? Like, um, no, he, he has last year he had three power play uh, goals, yeah, goals, and then four, and then one, and then six. <laughs> Fun fact: he has one shorthanded goal in his entire career, and it yeah. came in the season that he tore his Achilles. Mm-hmm. That's hilarious. And yeah, like he gets a lot of power play assists. Like he has fifteen, twenty-three, twenty-five. Whole lot, I think. His, he also played on Ottawa, so like, let's that's true. give him a break and here. They really suck. Is, you know, he's a little bit better than Carlson when it comes to to power play score. Oh, actually, no, I lied. Carlson's better. That's weird. So, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I guess I, I can see the, the maybe they cannibalize each other thing. It also depends I, if they, they keep the, the power play structure the way that they do. If they keep them both on that top power play, which I like just because I think teams kind of figured out Brent Burns. That's why he didn't score that many goals last year. But at the same time, I, I don't know. I, I think at even strength, they're they're both just going to be tearing it up. So yeah, I think if you, I think I think we can reasonably accept expect sixty from both, and then uh, a good shot at seventy from at least one of them, and it's an outside shot at like seventy five, seventy five. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Uh, that sounds good to me. All right, I know you want to answer this one. So this is from JD Young at Mister Fryhole. Who- oh yes. Fear <laughs> the Finn, graphic design boy. He asks top five favorite sharks, and no one wants my opinion on this. So Kyle, go for it. No, you go. You go first. Well, here's the thing. Like I, I don't have like the lifetime of sharks memories. So my favorite sharks. That's okay. Are, are literally like the dumbest because. First of all, my favorite shark is just based on the fact that I love him, uh, and that's J- Jason Demers. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> He's like one of my like favorite hockey players, though, like of of all time. Like I did, I just have this deep personal connection to him. So yeah, Demers, Couture. Uh, that's really all I care about. I don't, I don't care about wow. anyone else. Wow. Uh, wow. <laughs> probably honestly, like Pavelski, I I really like because America. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Thornton because like you're literally watching someone who's going to be in the Hall of Fame like right now like that's just crazy to me and is it too soon to say Eric Carlson that's that's all I got he is a San Jose Shark yeah that's that's those are that's what I got you go (laughs) okay uh I'll go five to one Honorable mention, Andrew Desjardins. He wore number number 69, (laughs) which is just a flex move, which is amazing. Also, he was like a pretty skilled, uh, pretty skilled fourth liner. And he made out with my ex-girlfriend because they're from the same city. Um, (laughs) Oh, I can't believe I didn't say Matt Tennyson. Oh, 
Good WMU <laughs> boy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you make out with one of our friends. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so shout out to Andrew Desjardins. Uh, he's awesome. And also shout out to Arthur Zerbe, just because his name is Arthur Zerbe. Anyway, uh, fifth is probably Dan Boyle. Yeah. Dan Boyle got traded to San Jose and it was like a revelation. <laughs> he he was he was so damn good. He's power play quarterback, played great defense. He brought he elevated San Jose to a point where it was like this is a piece that could put us over the edge. Dan Boyle was awesome. He was he was really good for a long time. Um four of Jenny Nobakov, uh the first star goalie. Anybody who says he's not as good as people remember him, screw that. He was a big he was a big time player. He was awesome. I still remember the four OT game where he made the glove save on the goal line against Brendan Morrow. Yeah, he might have been out of position a lot, but whatever, who cares? He came back and made the saves. Nobakov was dope. He still hangs out in the Bay Area. <laughs> um he's still around he was he was pretty sweet uh number three is three and two or can switch back and forth i'm not sure nostalgia is a powerful drug uh <laughs> so it gets me so i'll say three i'll say jeff friesen he was my first favorite player on the sharks as a kid he was the first guy that was actually pretty confident like pat falloon was a waste of a draft pick some of the other guys weren't as flashy those yet like brad stewart and whatever they weren't that great igor Larionov was russian i was a child i didn't care Ray Whitney, I didn't care. Sanders Ozelinch, I was too, like, he was just a guy for a season. So Jeff Friesen was the first guy I really gravitated towards. I love Jeff Friesen. Uh, my grade one teacher, her name was Mrs. Friesen, and I asked her one day if she was related to Jeff Friesen, and she just lied her ass off and said, yes, that's my nephew or my son. And I thought it was the coolest shit ever, and I told my parents, and, like, she kept up this charade for, like, years upon years upon years. Oh and God. I was, like, way too old. I was, like, 12 or 13 before I figured out that she wasn't related to Jeff Friesen. Tragic. Yeah, but good for her for lying to a 7-year-old. Keep making my day. Um, <laughs> number two is Joe Thornton. Joe Thornton's the best player to ever wear the San Jose sweater, full stop. There's nobody better. There well, probably will be nobody better. He's ridiculous. I've watched his entire career basically and i've watched his entire career in san jose uh he's amazing and number one is my favorite player of all time in hockey he's like top two or three across any sport uh it's owen nolan of course uh i have his i have a jersey i'm gonna cry (laughs) when they retire his number this year did you see uh granted this is like a couple years old i saw it the other night though the conspiracy theory that like owen nolan didn't actually call his shot yeah i don't no <laughs> screw that what was he pointing at then a ghost no the theory is that uh that oh fuck who's the goaltender dominic hasick yeah that, come uh, on sorry i bl- it's late okay we're recording at 1 a.m i'm blanking but yeah that hasick uh let him have it like that he called i've, I've it, heard that before he just like was like, well, it's not going to matter if I let it in. And was just... uh, I don't know. Dominic Hasek in my opinion, the best goalie ever. He was the best goalie in the world at that time. The best <laughs> part about that is that, first of all, Mark Messier is just lugging it out of the zone half-assing it, as Mark Messier is wont to do. Owen Nolan strips Mark Messier of the puck, turns it back, points mid-stride, and still scores in the exact same. Like, even if you point <laughs> and then, like, put it 5 hole or something, yeah, whatever. But he pointed and put it in the exact spot. Well, that the theory he is that, like, it's based on, like, highlight clips from that game, and he did have several shot attempts before that one, so it was like, well... He but he wasn't he was on a breakaway. To, knew he was trying to get a hat trick, and they were up by, like, four goals or whatever it was, uh, so it, it wouldn't matter, and just let him have it since, you know, it was... I, I, I don't buy it. 
I know. Screw that I know, shit. I know. I was like, what? <laughs> like This is bullshit. Gary Neal or Gary Thorne or whoever the hell it was is like, here come the chapeaus. Amazing call. Um, it is a travesty that they did not give Owen Nolan MVP of the All-Star game. It was in San Jose. He was on the score hat trick. <laughs> called his freaking shot in those stupid purple jerseys. Oh, I'm still <sighs> rattled. I was like 10 when this happened. This is outrageous. Yeah, God. He's, I, he's, my fa- he's my favorite by far. I'm very happy. Did you know that him and uh, as of like a couple years ago, I think it's still current, he, he still coach. He lives in the Bay, and he coaches his son's hockey team. And the assistant coach, because his son is also the team, is Evgeny Nabokov. Hmm. Imagine, imagine playing on a hockey team and your coach is Owen Nolan and Evgeny Nabokov. <laughs> that's pretty dope. Yeah, that'd be amazing. Anyway, that's my favorite five. There's I, I like a lot of randoms like Aunt Alex Coraluke. Coral Uke is is a great one. Andrew Desjardins. These guys are all and Tiro Nidamaki, Nils Ekman. These guys are hilarious. <laughs> they're they're not good, but these guys are awesome. So, this is from at Finco. What does Barclay Goudreau need to do to pass Melker, Melker Carlson on the depth chart? Grow some damn hair. <laughs> Honestly, the organization really loves Melker Carlson. And, like, we've said good things about Melker Carlson, mostly that he is one of those players that can just fill in wherever you need him, but not for very long. He also gets pucks out of the corners like a boss. Oh, yeah, that's true. But, like... His one true skill. Yeah. (laughs) But, like, if you leave him on the top line or, uh, you know, on the third line or whatever for too long, like, he's... He's like milk. He's like, nope, nope. He's really... He's like milk. He's really good for, like short periods of time and then there's an expiry date like a week later and you're like ew gross yep so and you need new milk also he has a, an adorable child maybe that's what the tipping oh, scale God, is he really does that baby's so cute huh. yeah uh, i think that might that might maybe pete DeBoer has a big sauce spot for like puppies and kittens and babies and he's just like goddamn milker that's a good job <laughs> that's one fine child <laughs> that's that's what he needs to do Pass them on the dump chart. Have a baby. Yeah. Or just <laughs> score, like, 10 goals in the first, like, 20 games, and that'll do it. Honestly, because... Goodrow's Carl- also been hurt. Yes, that's repeatedly. true. Repeatedly. But Carlson is kind of... He's one of those players that has, like, really flashy moments that you remember. And not that I can think of any right now. Well, when he came... When but- he, yeah, when he, when he busted onto the scene, he got put on the top line with... Uh, the training wheels line with the Joes, and he did really well, mostly because Joe Thornton is a G. Right. But um, that's kind of where his whole reputation started is because he got tossed onto that first line as, like, a rookie young player and did really well. Yeah, whereas, like, Goudreau's been kind of kicking around the fourth line for a while. He's been up and down in the organization, and I think he he is what he is. He's, he's a really solid fourth liner, and... Like, he's yeah. not bad by any means. Melker Carlson has bad moments, but, like, people just seem to forget them. not great. People on the coaching staff <laughs> seem to forget them. And and so I don't think that it's a matter of passing Carlson on the depth chart, because I don't think that Goudreau needs to be anywhere above where he is. But yeah, I think, I, think, I, th- I think Finco might also mean, like, when does he get regular playing time? Fair I don't enough. Know. Yeah, that's Who true, cares? Yeah, because he hasn't. But I think this season there isn't as much competition for the fourth line center spot as there had been. Or, you know, if they keep him on wing, I think he, he's solidified himself on the fourth line wherever he's going to be. Yeah, I think I think him. I, I think if you have him and Sorison on your fourth line as the pairs, that's the pair. Yeah. Um, and just find somebody else to either play wing or center. That's that's great. That's fine. I like Barkley. Barkley's great. Yeah, because I mean, you got to think this year they they don't have Joel Ward. They don't have. 
Eric Fair. They don't have Dinah Zubris. <laughs> Nick Spall. Nick Spalling. They don't have um, Yannick Hansen. So uh, the the fourth line, there's just not competition for it the way that there there has been. And I think that yeah, is going to be fine. It's just a matter of. Uh, keeping Pete from playing Walker Carlson on the first line. <laughs> true. Goodrow also has like a perfectly round noggin. It's really <laughs> creepy. It's like a globe. It's I, super weird. I like it because he's a, a Warriors fan. So uh, I like anything he posts about basketball. Is it better to spread the power forward? This is the same same tweet. Is it better to spread the power forwards across three lines or nah? The power forwards? So that what? would be Timo, Hurdle, and... Kane? Kane, right? They do they do that anyway. Is it better to do that or not? Which, I mean, they had Timo and Hurdle on the same line. Oh. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I... <laughs> I don't... We're supposed I never to be really, like, I, I, I've honestly never... Th- I've never life. actually thought about this in my entire life. <laughs> I... Uh, no? Yes? <laughs> Timo, Hurdle, and Kane. I mean, yes, just because that they're all capable scorers. You know, I think in in that sense. Yeah. In a different world, that's the third line or the second line. Hurdle centering Timo and Kane. Yeah. (laughs) A different timeline. Yeah. uh, I mean, yes, I think it would be better. But I, I think... Uh, brain is just short circuiting. I think. Uh, I think we're both stumped by this because I don't think yeah. we've ever considered the possibility. I think. I think part of the problem is that we don't. Uh, me, me personally, I don't consider Hurdle really a power forward, and I don't really know if Myers a power forward. Kane would be the closest body. thing to a power forward, just because he like hits people and flies around the ice like a young Glenn Murray. But yeah, I don't really. Uh, I guess you just spread them out because you want to have depth, but having uh, Meyer and Hurdle on the same line is fine because Meyer Meyer scores or Meyer tries to score a lot, so he doesn't really just play that, like, heavy game. And the third line with Suomela and and Donskoy doesn't really need – well, it could use one of them, but it doesn't really – LeBanc is actually kind of a nice fit there just because he's kind of a trigger man too and he can keep up with their high-flying finish antics. Yeah. So – Whereas I think Meyer and Kane kind of do different things that complement the other lines better. So I don't know if you put two of them on one line, that's fine, and then put the other one somewhere else. That's that's, that's great too. I just huh. Well, I think when it comes to any particular type of player, like whether it's power forwards or whether it's you know kind of the small speedy players or people like Joe Thornton who just slow the game down. If you have multiple players like that on your team, you have to spread them out because if you if you stick all of them on the same line, you've got a specific skill set that a particular set of skills. A particular <laughs> set of skills. You have a particular set of skills. But you um your line is gonna be kind of one dimensional. Or at least you're opening up the possibility to expose weaknesses in that line. Like, yes. you know, by not spreading spreading those out and having other styles that complement their kind of play. So so yeah, I think Yeah, that that was the best answer. I'm going with that too. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think that's your best option is to spread those out. And then the final question from Finco is what would fix the power play in addition to having Eric Carlson? Okay, so 
fixing the power play, if you ask somebody who's good with Excel, like Eric Fowl, <laughs> apparently after some random November, December game, the power play was like top three in the league or top four in the league or something mm-hmm. like that. It looked like shit the entire time, I can tell you that much. But apparently was it was fine. good. It was fine. Apparently it was fine. Yeah, apparently it was, it was fine good. once they fixed it. It was it. fine. It was no, fine. I, it, apparently it was good. It was fine. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> to quote something that Eric Fowle literally said today, the power play last year was fine. <laughs> that is verbatim what he yeah. said. <laughs> yeah, I think I don't know. I'm not into Brent Burns slamming 90 mile slap shots into shin pads, but if they slide him <laughs> if they slide him down to the the gunner spot, the Ovechkin spot, um and have him take one-timers, that's fine. I I the power play is going to be perfectly okay. Eric Carlson is so much better at playing hockey than most people are good at their best thing that he will assimilate perfectly fine. Like, there's no possible way I'll ever be as good at my job is as Eric Carlson is at hockey. <laughs> well, this is impossible. Uh, if we're talking just things that are going to fix it for, uh, from last year, we don't have Mikel Bodker, so that's good. <laughs> that's... I mean, granted, he was supposed to be like a power play specialist or whatever, but how many power play goals did he score last year? I'm going to look it Pod up. Bod? He's all over the place. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like you're, you're subbing out Mikel Bodker for Eric Carlson or whatever combination you want to make. It, the power play will be fine. It looks like crap most of the time because Brent Burns is crap at doing things where he looks like he cares. Yeah. Um, it's really weird. Brent Burns plays like he doesn't care, but I'm sure these guys, these guys have killed themselves to get where they are. They, they all care. Brent Burns just looks like he doesn't care, which is hilarious. Um, and then he makes a mistake and it looks like he's just like, oh, he's being lazy, but he's not. And Brent Burns also plays like 25 minutes a night for some reason. So he gets tired, but it looks like junk. It'll probably look better. It, there was a goal tonight where LeBanc, Chris Terry, or uh, Eric Carlson passed it back to LeBanc or whatever, and then LeBanc fed a perfect pass down to Eric Carlson, who leaked down the corner. Eric Carlson leaked down from the point down to the goal line. That's just a high-level play, so it'll be fine. I'm not worried. It may look like shit yeah. sometimes. Well, I mean, if we're <laughs> talking from last year to this year... I think the addition of Eric Carlson is huge just because it allows you to shift your positions on the power play. And that's that was one of the biggest struggles for Brent Burns last year, not just the power play in general, but teams figured him out. They they knew what he was doing. And, and so moving his position on the power play is going to be super, super helpful, I think. By the way, Mikhail Bodker scored four power play goals last year, but did not score like any power play goals for the two years preceding that. So... Dope, what a signing. Yeah. (laughs) Super good at that for being a power play specialist. But anyway, yeah, I think it's kind of addition by subtraction. Just getting rid of some players who had seen some power play time and uh, and adding Eric Carlson. That's going to be the biggest thing. I I think... They'll figure it out. I think uh, we're not going to see as much of power play too, but that's still going to be a pretty effective power play unit too because that's gonna yeah because you carlson gives you allows you to have carlson or burns on the ice for the entire two minutes too so um brent burns used to do that used to do that anyway yeah but now they can kind of like either scale back his five five v five minutes which is nice or 
when he if they have three power plays instead of him playing all two minutes every time one of them he doesn't play all two minutes he he goes off after 45 seconds so they they can do a bunch of different things it's, it's a brave new world with brave new faces yeah. <laughs> plus i think I, th- I do think uh kevin lebanc is going to be really good on the power play like he was in on the power play goal tonight with eric carlson he's such a nice pass. and then he also scored a power play goal of his own and God, he's just going to be so good this year. <laughs> like, yeah, they have options. Yeah, he's going to be very good, and I think that he's he's going to see a lot of power play time, and that's going to be good. Agreed. Um, we have just a couple questions left. Let me find. Let's see here. How excited are you about top line Timo? Oh, this is from at alleged novelist on Twitter. Um, how excited are you about top line Timo? Do you think it lasts, or that he's heading in that direction? If not. I think October 3rd, game one, it's Evander Kane, Joe Thornton, and Joe Pavelski. I think so, too. As much as I loved Timo on the top line tonight, and I think that he has more than the capability of being a top line player, I just think yes. you don't pay Evander Kane $7 million to be on your third line. <laughs> no, and I, I think I think we may see some shuffling, but I think when game one comes down to it, they're going to go with the lines that they want to start with. Yeah. And I think that's Kane on the top line, and Preseason is a time to work things out and see what's going on. And they're obviously they know what they have admired, so they might as well try him out on the first line and see what happens. So I think we'll see him moonlight on the top line every once in a while, but I'm pretty sure Vander Kane will start the season there at the very least. Yeah, I could see next year, depending on how the line lineup changes, um, yeah. in terms of Thornton and Pavelski coming back in particular, I could see T- Timo moving up the depth chart pretty fast that whole uh, that whole line might move up the depth chart <laughs> Meyer Couture that, well, might just move up very much true so yeah I I think obviously he's heading in that direction he's trending toward being a top line player but yeah I just don't see it happening for too much uh during the regular season um, no this is from at hockey cryptid which is just like such a good handle on twitter do you think we see Hurdle at center at all this season, particularly if Sumela doesn't pan out? And related, at KenDizzle88 asked, how much success do you think Sumela is going to have this year? Hurdle at center, not a chance. Uh, yeah, I think just as much as we talk about this team kind of lacking center depth, that really only applies to like the fourth line center position. Uh, like They have really good centers as it is They have right four now. centers on their first two lines. <laughs> Well, that's true. But, well, I, is it four, really? Joe Pavelski, Joe Thornton, Logan oh, Couture, yeah. and Tom well, Sertle. you're still counting Pavelski as a center, that's why. <laughs> he played center for, like, 50 games last year. I know, yeah, I, but like, I don't think he's very good at center anymore, but... No. Um, he's, I, just he's don't, I just don't think they move him off. <laughs> yeah, def- deficient. I said sufficient. Oh my God. He's oh, sufficient. They said he's deficient. No, he's sufficient at center, but... He's lacking. Um, <laughs> I just don't think they break up couture and hurdle unless it's an emergency situation yeah and i i think uh i think the hurdle at center thing is pretty well over like i mean he's good at center though yeah i but they don't need him to play center you know like and i i think he works well with couture i mess with that and you know it's not like um galchenyuk in montreal where it was just like they had no centers and they were still refusing to play uh, the center at center yeah like a natural center as center. so it's not like that situation he's very effective very good at wing and he's found chemistry with his line mates and so there's no reason to mess with it and i think 
I think Sumel is going to work out anyway, so this is all just kind of moot. I think he's going to be great. Yeah. He's going to be awesome. Like he's I think he's going to be so good, too. Good. He led... He led the Finnish league in points last year, and he didn't come over to the NHL and be like, "Oh, only one team wants me." There was a there was a heated signing race, signing war for bidding war. That's the word, bidding yeah. war for Suomela. So he was a highly coveted player by multiple multiple teams. Doug Wilson won out. I think he's going to be good. He has a BFF in Jonas Donsko at the very least. I think they actually are roommates, um, but at the very least, they can speak Finnish to each other on the <laughs> ice, which is which is a big thing. Like he, yeah. he may not speak perfect English, or may not he may not speak English at all, but who knows? And it's nice when you can speak your same language to somebody, especially starting a new job. So oh, uh, I think he's I think he's going to be good. He's been good in the preseason. He's going to be fine. He looks like a he looks like a guy who's played professional hockey against men yeah, for a absolutely. couple of years now. And and that is really an underrated thing that like being able to adjust to the culture and like I read something and I don't remember what it was but it was about the Oilers and how little oh it was Jesse Puliu Yarvi when they when he came over he didn't speak a lick of English and, and then they didn't, didn't give him, him a translator. translator that is horrible like that is just like you're creating a situation where you're isolating your players and and I think you know. You look at Hurdle and how well he adjusted because of Tommy Wingles taking that initiative and, like, helping people kind of understand him a little better. Like, that is a huge thing. Language is a huge, huge barrier. So having someone like Donskoy on the team to help him adjust means that he is not going to have that kind of barrier uh, that, you know, a lot of players who come over from Europe do have. So I, I think that's an underrated thing for sure and i think i I really this preseason is you know taking it for what it's worth being the preseason still has just made me so hype on him (laughs) like he has something to prove still you know and his first game was a little rough but after that like he figured it out real quick like he you know he he had to adjust to to north american ice and and he figured it out and i'm really excited i think he's going to be very good the the Suomela hype train has left the station. Oh, absolutely! I'm I'm driving it. So <laughs> <laughs> conducting conducting whatever you conduct a train, not drive a train. Oh, I drive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, nobody freak out if after ten games he is like still getting his feet wet. It's it's a marathon, yeah. not a sprint. Well, I mean, just look at again. Look at Donskoy. He, you know, you gotta figure it out. And sometimes you're going to take a step back and and figuring that out. Yeah, you'll be fine. Yeah, I like them. Yeah, we'll do one more. I think um, <laughs> this is from at Math Happens Fifty One. Did you conspire to get Yorld off the fly era? So I didn't know that. I didn't even know. So when I saw this, I was like, "What the hell is a Yorld?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Yori Latera's real first name, full first name, is Yorld. Which is just what <laughs> Finland? Oh, Finland! <laughs> um, and if you don't know, if you haven't paid attention to the flyers, I think I linked to one article about it in a deep blue sea. But he's a Teflon Don now. <laughs> he's got some crazy shit going on. He's tied up in the drug Think ring. Finnish Tony Montana, <laughs> apparently. Like they searched his house he's under investigation still or it was his cottage oh my or lake house in yeah. tampier tampier god it's just crazy he's he says he's not connected to it but i mean how why is there a cocaine operation running out of your lake house in tampier finland 
that's, that's some Tony Montana shit with like your guard reindeer. That is so wild. It is just, I, I don't even know. And like no one's really talking about it, which is just crazy to me because if it were any other sport, this would be a huge story, I feel. <laughs> like maybe everyone's just distracted by gritty. Oh god. <laughs> I hope that gritty go I hope that gritty embraces the anti-hero life and like straight up like punches mascots. Like I want him to like I want him to like come up and like flatten SJ Sharky or like rip the fin off of Finn, punch the stupid bug from Columbus in the face. Like I just want him to be the antihero, shoot them with t-shirt guns, Uh, chirp other fans. I I don't I don't need another cuddly mascot. All the mascots are great. I want I want Gritty to embrace the the dark side. See the video of him in the Philly fanatic doing some sort of dance off. It was disturbing on six levels weird like that ringer article that described him as bizarrely horny like that is just (laughs) (laughs) like everything i see of gritty now that is the phrase that is just stuck in my head bizarrely horny like i I think in the deep blue sea from yesterday or this morning i referred to it as some sort of mating ritual like a a mascot mating ritual that they were doing do you think do you think gritty eats ass stop stop we are not he seems like he does i yeah probably (laughs) (laughs) okay uh one last question i think we're we've got all of it i'm just scrolling through twitter real quick to check that we've got all of those uh yep we got them so the, the last question on the site is sneak no calls is their username and it's kyle are you sorry for canada always being sorry am i sorry for yes <laughs> yeah sorry <laughs> my apologies <laughs> my bad <laughs> sorry well, true story i was uh i was out and about in the world today and i was just standing there minding my own business like in the store or whatever doing nothing and some guy came around the corner and he bumped into me like full on i wasn't doing anything and i turned to him and said oh sorry my bad And he was like, oh, sorry. And then we ca- we like nodded at each other and carried on our day. Um, I have apologized to people for running, not like just being there and them running into me. I've also uh, like stubbed my toe and said sorry. Um, Jesus. <laughs> it's a real thing. Like there will be people, there will be like, you'll be like walking in the mall and two people will do the weird dance where they don't know how to pass each other. And they go to the same side and they will both be like apologizing profusely. I, I wish it wasn't oh, such a stereotype. Do we do that in the Midwest at least. That's mostly yeah, just because you feel like the biggest idiot. Like we should figure out which side of this we're supposed to walk. <laughs> so you're just like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so stupid. I actually just had that happen when I went grocery shopping today too. That's really funny. Yeah. It's, it's weird. It's weird how apologetic we are for stuff or like another one is like, Oh yeah, don't worry. Oh yeah. No worry. It's all good. No, don't be sorry. Don't be sorry. Don't be sorry. is a great phrase to use here. It's like somebody will just be like, Oh, sorry about that. And they'll be like, Oh, don't be sorry. It wasn't your fault. And they'll be like, Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> Even though like neither person was doing anything wrong. The bad, the best though is when you're standing still or not doing anything and you apologize for not doing anything. <laughs> it's just like, amazing yeah, it's uh, so my sorry world that we are this way <laughs> canada is wild yeah we also just found out that uh so a uh, little peek behind the curtains it was late and i didn't realize that in american schools you guys do the pledge of allegiance and, and that's it <laughs> in canadian schools every morning they will be an announcement it'll be like please stand for the playing of the national anthem and then uh the national anthem plays every single day in 
from kindergarten to grade 12. <laughs> I just... Every, every day we'd listen to the national anthem. And then some schools get creative and have different versions. Like my high school had, and my elementary school had like an instrumental, uh, a regular, a French one, uh, the standard one, which is like two verses in English, one verse in French, and then finishing off with English. And then they had this weird like pop Motown one that was really <laughs> weird, like a, like what? almost like a barbershop quartet kind of deal. It what? was really strange. But they would play that one on Fridays because I guess Fridays are fun. But yeah, I, I thought this was a thing that everybody does and... Yeah, apparently, just us. No, yeah, definitely not. Like, and the thing is, I find it so weird, but, like, we stand up and say the Pledge of Allegiance every day. So, like, what? what's the difference? Granted, I think that stops after elementary school and, like, a lot of, you know, when you're in, like, first grade or kindergarten or whatever, like, it's like a memorization exercise, and they pretty much stop it after... I don't think I did it after, like, sixth grade, so... I mean, I don't know. I just find the the national anthem thing super weird. <laughs> like, yep, every can't, day. Cannot imagine. Canada every is day just it like, plays. like Canada is like the surreal version of America. I feel like, but I'm sure you guys feel the opposite, where it's America is just like this really surreal, awful version of Canada. Um, <laughs> uh, you guys are your own version of you. Fair enough. We just kind of steal stuff from you. That's fair. Um, but yeah, also the standing with the anthem thing is that you don't actually like, there's not like flag or you don't like face north. You don't even put your hand over your heart here. You don't salute. You don't do anything. You just literally just stand there and like in <laughs> class, you just stand up at your desk and face forward. That's it. <laughs> Unless there's a flag for some reason in your classroom, but most of the time you just stand up and face forward. Or like if you're late and you're in the hallway, you're supposed to stop. And if you're at your locker, you just stand there. You don't <laughs> face anything or do anything. You just kind of lurk. <laughs> it's really weird the, apparently okay so yeah even putting it into more perspective is super weird right because like you'd imagine you'd want to like face a flag or nope. something like <laughs> my huh. history my history teacher had a flag in the corner so we would all kind of like turn like 14 <laughs> degrees to the left and stare at the flag but when i played varsity basketball we would we would face the flag on the one side but uh yeah in class you'd literally just face forward that is crazy it's really weird anyway it's also canadian thanksgiving this week so uh nice are you gonna have turkey is that what you guys do or no yeah we do turkey uh turkey (laughs) sweet potatoes we the only thing we don't do are mac and cheese various casseroles there's a lot less casserole happening uh we don't do the thing with marshmallows on it, sweet potato pie or whatever, or sweet potato casserole. No, sweet potato casserole. We don't do the thing. Sweet potato yeah, we don't, pie we don't, we don't is like pumpkin pie. They're like the same thing. Like they're same yeah, we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't do that. We do pumpkin pie. Also, we have butter tarts. So Google that if you don't know what that is. Sounds gross. It's, it's like, <laughs> you know, like, have you ever had a pecan pie? Yes. You, you know, the, you know, the filling, like that weird, like gelatinous filling sort of. I wouldn't say not, gelatinous. Not, not no. gelatinous, but like. Yeah, I know the what you're gooey about. filling. Yeah. It's basically like that, surrounded by like a phyllo pastry. <laughs> Interesting. It's really weird. Just Google it, everybody. They're delicious. <laughs> well, happy Canadian Thanksgiving, I guess, to you and to anyone who's listening in Canada, because I think we have a couple of those. All five of us. They're probably your mother, but yeah, my friends, my mom. <laughs> we're all we're all we're all sorry that there's not enough of us. <laughs> Uh, all right let's let's wrap this up we got all our questions so thank you for sending in questions if you want to keep participating in the podcast you can email us at, at fearthefin at gmail.com you can send me 
topics and questions you might have, and maybe we'll talk about them on the podcast. We probably won't do another mailbag episode for a while, but, you know, we're trying to work more user interactions in, so if you've got stuff you want us to talk about, we will we'll listen and maybe possibly do it. You can find Blood, Sweat, and Teal on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Uh, there are other platforms you use. I know some people use Podbean, some people use Spotify. Spotify is kind of picky about what podcasts they are allowed. Podbean? Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's a thing. They're kind of picky about what podcasts they're letting on right now, but if there's another platform that you use, just again, you can hit up that email address. It's fewofthefin at gmail.com and put blood, sweat, and teal in your subject line, let me know, and we'll try and get it on there. Google Play, actually, they, instead of, because I was using Google Music for Google Play podcasts and stuff, but they actually launched a, a podcast app. I, I'm not getting paid to say this, I just want to talk about it, <laughs> because I listen to a lot of podcasts, like a lot of podcasts, and they just launched a couple months ago a podcast app, it's just Google Podcasts. It's really good. It's one that you can tell is still, they're still in development with it. But like, if you use Google stuff for your podcast, I would definitely recommend checking it out and, and getting in there. Cause then you can, you know, it's something that's still in progress, but you can give them feedback and whatever and make the app better. But any, anywhere you want to find us, let me know if we're not there yet and we'll make that happen. I want to th- say thank you to the Honey Wilders for letting us use their song Wild" as our intro and outro. They're a Bay Area band. You can check them out on Twitter and on Spotify. Kyle, do you have anything to plug? <laughs> N- never. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, you've got a hype article coming up, right? That's supposed to be happening within the oh, next yeah. couple it'll, of days. It'll come out on, it'll come out on Wednesday. Yeah, so... Yeah, look at that. It's basically me just raw, raw, <laughs> we're the best. Um, by we, I mean, like, the fans. Yeah, it's it'll be super Sharks propaganda. It's good times. Yeah, I don't really have anything coming up. I I think we're... Right now we're in the middle of a five and five thing where we do five days of five lists, and probably by the time this is up tomorrow we'll have one more day of that. Um, so... We're like BuzzFeed, but better. Yeah, <laughs> The first couple that we run, we did five prospects we should grow the most, five trades with the Ottawa Senators, five important dates on the schedule, and then we've got a couple coming up that I'm not going to spoil for you. But yeah, we're we're still doing our season previews, and then um, we're going to get into the regular season and and try and keep up because good lord, like that first two week stretch is just heavy, <laughs> a lot of games. So. Yeah, I think that's that's all we've got. You can find Kyle on Twitter at Kyle Demetrius. Uh, and you can find C on Twitter at Now You See Me. That's S-I-E, it's, like my name. S-I-E, yeah, I was trying to think of a joke. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> yes, S-I-E, Now You See Me. And, um, and you can find the podcast at B-S and Teal. And, and Fear the Fin is at Fear the Fin. Yeah, so I think that's gonna that's going to do it. So... Uh, once again, I'm C. Uh, I'm Kyle. And Eric Carlson is a San Jose Shark. Mm-hmm.